What's up, everybody? My name is Anthony, and welcome to Spade the Podcast, episode four, Spade Mask Off Edition. So excited that you guys are here and listening to this episode. This episode is going to be so epic. I'm like super stoked. <laughs> My uh, panel this time were they were simply amazing. So kudos to them. My artists at the very end. I love that song that he did. So y'all definitely stay tuned to hear that song. Um, Make sure you guys follow me on my social media accounts. My Instagram is spade underscore 0629. That's my Instagram again. And my Facebook is spade awareness. So y'all look me up. So facebook.com spade awareness and then my Instagram account is spade underscore zero six two nine. All right. So the next voices that you will hear will be the discussion of COVID-19 with my panel. So y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. What's up, everybody? This is Anthony. I am back and I have my panel here. I have Andre Matthews. I've got Travis Jones and I've got Fainus Barno. And I'm going to start off with Fainus, my returner for the I think third time. <laughs> so I was going to say, Anthony, I, I feel like a veteran now. <laughs> So go on and tell everybody who you are. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Fainus Barno. Um, I'm originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and currently reside in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I went to the University of South Carolina, um, where I double majored in management and marketing. And I currently work for a construction company as a sales rep here in Charlotte. All right. Well, Welcome back, Fainus. And now we have another returning member, Travis. What's up? What's up? <laughs> How's it going? Going good. All right. Give um, give us a little background on you. All right. Sure. Sure. I currently reside in the DMV. Um, I live in Maryland. I work in D.C. I work for uh, the public school system of D.C., D.C.P.S. I'm originally from South Carolina, Abbeville, South Carolina, to be exact. And I also attended uh, University of South Carolina Spartanburg campus. So I majored uh, there in psychology. So I've uh, worked a lot in the field of psychology and education collectively. And so it kind of have landed me uh, in the DMV area after a series of years. And now I'm working in administration uh, in D.C. public school and loving it. Nice, nice. Well, welcome back, Travis. <laughs> and now we got my new member here. Got a good friend of mine, Andre Matthews. What's up? What's up? Hey. What's going on, guys? Uh, my name is Andre. Uh, currently, I reside in Maryland as well. Um, I used to be in Glen Burnie, but 
I'm in Brooklyn Park, Maryland now, and I work over in Elkridge as a store manager with CubeSmart Self Storage. So uh, right now I'm just training to be a general manager and seeing how things work out from there. Nice, nice. Well, welcome to my podcast, and I'm really glad that you guys are here so we can talk about what's going on with this COVID situation. And I'm going to start off with um, Dre. How has COVID-19 affected you um, mentally? Because I know you work in with um, CubeSmart, where we both work there, and I know that you dealing with the public. So what's going on with that? How are you feeling with that? Um, mentally, it's it's pretty exhausting, to be honest. Um, I have a girlfriend right now, and uh, we are five months pregnant. So when we first found out we were pregnant, it was right before quarantine. It was uh, late February. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that was right before we shut down. And um, ever since then, every single solitary day at work, it is wash your hands every five minutes. It's overthinking where you've been, what you've touched, who's been around you, the things you've disinfected or not disinfected around you, mm-hmm. what you're bringing home to your girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's and including that or not including my girlfriend. I also live with my family. So mm-hmm. there's four other people in the house. And to try to quarantine would be impossible almost if, right. if I were to crack coronavirus. So I was actually so, so on the edge about it that I went and got uh, tested just, just to be safe about it. So um, I tested negative and it was ever since then I've calmed down some, mm-hmm. but the, as many people that respect the, wear your face mask rules mm-hmm. and, and keep their distance. There's like two times as many that don't respect that rule. Right. Yeah. And it is so ridiculous because whether they believe it or not, it's real. I mean, it's just another version of the flu. If you want to think about it like that. I mean, we've had yeah. the Spanish flu and, uh, oh, it's the swine flu at one point, my brother had contracted swine flu at one point. Oh no. He survived. Yeah, it, it was a really dangerous time, and he survived. But, I mean, these things are real and affect us mentally and hard, too. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, uh, Dre. How was the testing process for you? Um, It's not like what everyone described. I really just got a swab in the nose, and people were saying my brain was going to get poked and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't feel that bad, but it was very serious. I mean... You pull up in your car and you don't, they don't allow you to put down your windows. They call you. You mm-hmm. have to, I forget exactly what they do, but they put, oh, they put a number up to your window. You call that number mm-hmm. and you speak to them through the vehicle on the phone and you don't put your window down until they want to swab you. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I asked that question. I think it's different in different clinics, maybe in different geographical locations, because I've heard some horror stories about the testing process, but like how they, I don't know if it's a Q-tip type of, you know, instrument or whatever, but they go uh, a pretty far length Mm -hmm. into their nose and it is uncomfortable and it's painful. Wow. Uncomfortable, yes, but I would say it was literally three seconds, but Mm -hmm. it could be different in other areas. I had mine done in Dundalk, Baltimore. Mm Okay. Okay. And I was going to go ahead and just kind of jump in. I've uh, 
I went and actually got tested this past Monday mm-hmm. um, because I got a text message from one of my friends on Saturday mm-hmm. saying that he had tested positive mm-hmm. and I had been around him on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and my test experience um, is very uncomfortable. Mine was at least. Mm-hmm. So I called um, a healthcare system down here in Charlotte mm-hmm. and called Urgent Care. And what I did was pull up, they do all the screening over the phone, and then they literally call you and tell you to, they'll meet you out back mm-hmm. and conduct the test. Mm-hmm. Um, with my swab, it was packaged. So I saw her open it up mm-hmm. and she said, I'm going to have to do a swab in each nostril. And she said, it's very uncomfortable but it only lasts a few seconds. Mm. Um, and she did give me a fair warning, but there's nothing like a Q-tip going all the way up your nose. Right. Um, and I'll be, I, I'm one of those people that it felt like she touched my brain. Wow. Um, but after the first one, uh, the first nostril, the second nostril wasn't that bad, I guess, just because I knew what to expect at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but um here in Charlotte, they do have the drive-through testing, mm-hmm. which I'm, I was hesitant to do um, just because, like anything, I want it done correctly and safely. Right. Um, so I felt like setting an appointment kind of put me more at ease. Right, right. Um, was the test, was it done fast? Like as far as um, she putting a Q-tip in your nose, like was it? Because I've heard um, some experiences, it was fast, like straight to the point. And others, people were saying that they were kind of either taking their time or, you know, it was kind of a slow process. Thankfully, mom was quick. It was, she said, I've got a swab. It's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she literally, one nostril, boom, 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 two to three seconds. Second nostril, boom, 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 two to three seconds. Okay. Um, and after that, that, that was it. Okay. Um, Travis, so how has COVID-19 affected you uh, mentally? Oh, so many different emotions. I'm still, you know, dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, some anxiety. Uh, what's real versus what's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's true versus it's not so it has been just like what dre said emotionally exhausting mm-hmm. um, there's some confusion there and of course uh with media media perpetuates things so much that you know right. after listening you know and hearing the same thing over and over and then hearing new things and then hearing conflicting things mm-hmm. after a while you hear anything you know so i get to the point where i don't want to listen to the news uh mm-hmm. because you know it's almost like there's no good news, you right. know, um, and just continue uh, to pile up and to build up. So emotionally speaking, it's been exhausting, well, been draining. Uh, and so I've really tried to find ways to take a, a break from, you know, thinking about it. But even that's hard to be to be honest, because when you turn on the radio during commercial time, right. they're talking about COVID-19, they're talking right. about the pandemic, talking about getting tested, they're talking about wearing masks. Right. So, you know, you things over and over so it is very emotionally exhausting right and that's how i've been i think it's really uh cool um for lack of better words or or interesting or important that we have like you know the different varying experiences because with dre saying you know he had uh, a test 
Um, and then with Fain is saying he, you know, he'd had a test as well. Well, I haven't had a test. And then their testing process was, you know, two different experiences. Mm-hmm. And then with me, the reason why I haven't been tested is because I haven't been, you know, strongly encouraged at this point or mandated as far as my job or, you know, people being sick around me or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I also, to be frankly honest, I do have some some anxiety and some fear there as it relates to testing because of some of the things that I've been hearing as far as the, the negative experiences. And then even uh, wondering uh, what's real versus what's not, mm-hmm. what, uh, what the setup is. Um, is it being uh, encouraged uh, that we have, you know, these testings and are people you know, uh, using it inappropriately. Mm-hmm. So with all the thoughts and feelings, it's been very, very confusing and very stressful to think about. Just kind of up on Travis and, and Dre is it's the whole COVID thing mentally is, is, uh, it's a lot. It's draining. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like you said, Travis, you can't get away from it mm-hmm. no matter what. Okay. You're going to turn off the TV. Well, guess what? It's going to pop up on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't pop up on your phone, somebody's talking about it. It's on the radio. And with me, I've been working the entire time throughout this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been fortunate and blessed that my company has taken it very seriously. Um, so uh, they don't take our temperatures every day, but there's an app on our phone. Mm-hmm. that has questions that we're supposed to answer daily. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a temperature? It's pretty much like a screening. Mm-hmm. Um, and if so many of those answers come back, what I call hot, mm-hmm. they'll flag it and reach out to you. Um, but uh, as far as work, working in construction, mm-hmm. um, every single job site that I go on to now, it's standard that you have to get your temperature checked mm-hmm. and they'll give you a wristband letting other people on the job site know that you've been uh, tested for your temperature. Um, and a mask is mandatory. Um, but as far as the social distancing thing, it's tough. Um, I live by myself currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have the social distancing thing going on right now while I live by myself, it's not like I can even go to a bar or a restaurant to mm-hmm. even meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people forget with this whole social distancing thing, it affects people socially. Mm-hmm. Um, not being able to have that interaction um, because hu- humans need that. Mm-hmm. We need um, yeah. sort, some sort of partner. And I'm not talking you know, necessarily uh, as far as intimacy with um, someone of a different sex, but just even the conversations that mm-hmm. we're having now, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I miss that being able to go to somebody's house and hang out and just talk. Mm-hmm. So the social distancing aspect, um, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's very hard. Right. And to add on to that, I, I completely agree with the uh, social distancing thing. It, on top of having to, to, to change yourself socially, Mm-hmm. It, it makes you feel bad for even wanting to to have that connection or interaction. You know what I'm saying? Because I was door dashing. That's a, I, I do that as another form of work. And um, I was picking up an order uh, around noodles and company. And I had seen my friend and he looked at me, I looked at him. And the first thing we did was look at each other from across the street and wonder if it's even okay to mm-hmm. walk up to each other. You know, that hug, whatever you do, you know, it's just it, to feel bad to even to, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's different. 
Right. Well, and Dre, I, I'm glad you said that. And, you know, I think people initially feel bad, but see, in my opinion, that's you and your friend being responsible um, and not being selfish and actually thinking about not just yourselves, but other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's my whole feeling with the mask thing. Um, it's not whether or not Anthony wants to wear a mask or Travis or Dre wants to wear a mask or Famous wants to wear a mask. In my eyes, it's if you're not wearing a mask, it's selfish Mm -hmm. because it's not only to help protect you, but it's, it's, I'm wearing a mask to protect Travis's grandmother. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a mask to protect Anthony that has pre-existing health issues. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a mask for Dre's um, significant other that's pregnant. Um, because what, what the mask does is tell people that, Socially, I'm conscious of COVID-19 and I care not only about myself, but the well-being of other humans. Right. Yeah. And I I appreciate that. Yeah, I agree with that, too. And and I think that in terms of wearing a mask, uh, I think we're creatures of habit. And because we are creatures of habit, you know, we have not worn masks for so long that sometimes I honestly forget and I have to be reminded <laughs> I'm getting out of the car, you know. Travis, you said you said like that meme, running back to the car for the mask. <laughs> <laughs> for real, exactly. And we've I all done that. it. I've done it. I've, I've done it too. <laughs> we've all done it, right? Right. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you hit on that, Famous, because I think that, because this has become so overbearing and people are just tired, you know, after a period of time, we kind of wear thin and we wear out and then we get sluggish and we get lazy and then we don't practice safe habits like we should, i.e. wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, as wearing masks is important, but we also should still be doing the sanitization processes and washing our hands. But I think that people are even slacking off of that mm-hmm. because we have kind of sensationalized and over sensationalized wearing masks that we kind of forget that we need to also be washing hands as soon as you know we we come out or get an opportunity to get back to the sink or you know hand sanitizer so i think that's important as well to to make sure that we emphasize and then um selfishness is also a part of it i think that we have to like come back to our minds and you know our rightful mindset and remember that we are being you know cautious and thoughtful of other people as well like you you've already mentioned Famous as far as thinking about other people and people whose immune systems may not be as as strong as ours, um, mm-hmm. like kids, like babies, and like elderly people. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be reminded of those things. And unfortunately, I am seeing where people are being more selfish um, and thoughtless, and you know, making you know unhealthy choices. And that's something that we need to face because it is a reality, and we, we need to be reminding people that hey, this thing isn't just about you; it's about other people as well. Right. And um, with the mask, when COVID-19 first got, you know, introduced, did you guys take the mask seriously? Did you always take the mask seriously? No. <laughs> I say no. And, and Travis, I'm with you. I, I hate wearing my mask. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me feel claustrophobic. Um, I, I don't breathe normally in it. I'm, I mean, I sound like a fat kid, like, 
like that. Um, and, 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 you know, Anthony asked when this first started, I didn't, and me personally, I didn't take it as serious as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I think when it got serious for me where I'm almost upset when I don't see other people uh, wearing their mask mm-hmm. is when someone I know personally contracted COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they contracted it, it was rough. It wasn't a mild case of it. It wasn't symptoms. They were in the hospital for 20 days. Um, and once that happened, mm-hmm. that lit a fire under my ass. Hey, wear your mask. Right. Wear your mask because it's not for you, famous. It's for everybody else. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, uh, what were the symptoms like? Because I know they were different for everybody. If, if you were there or around for the symptoms. Well, I, I wasn't around them, uh, but from what she told me, her symptoms were um, she lost her taste, her sense of smell, and breathing was was tough. Like she mm-hmm. said, she was, you know, when you, you've gone for a long run and you're trying to catch air? Mm-hmm. She said that was a constant feeling that she had of just trying to catch her breath. Oh, my God. Um, and she, uh, you know, she, she, she got on top of it early and thankfully she's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, that's, that's when for me, it was like, all right, I need to be wearing my mask. And like you said, Dre, the symptoms for everybody, um, that's contracted it, it seems to be a little bit different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that scares me. The part that scares me is that sometimes for people, it takes for extremities to, to happen or to exist uh, for us to get the picture. Mm-hmm. And I believe that a lot of people aren't taking COVID-19 seriously because they haven't seen it for themselves. Because for most people, seeing is believing, right? right. And, so, and, and I'm being very transparent and honest. So we hear so many conflicting things in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like uh, there's a massive amount of people that you know can relate to that. It's like, I don't really know what to believe, so therefore, uh, I haven't seen it, so I don't really believe it. And I think that people kind of fall off the wagon there because they really are in disbelief because they haven't seen the severity of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And Travis, like you said, the media, you know, one thing was... Um, you can get it from touching a surface. Then it was, now it's airborne. Um, and the conflicting information that you get, it can cause anxiety. It's like, well, well, what do I do? How, how do I go about living not knowing what it is, mm-hmm. how to, how it's contracted? Um, and I, and I, I definitely agree with that, Travis. Seeing it is believing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it takes something detrimental for somebody to take it serious. Right. And, and I just wanted to elaborate on uh, why I took it so seriously. When when I first found out about COVID, well, uh, when COVID, I guess, moved to the U.S. and we yeah. started shutting down, um, I've always grew up with asthma. Mm. So my lungs have always been, I wouldn't say I have a weak immune system, but I would say I'm a little easier of a target than someone who Mm -hmm. didn't have asthma or any underlying, you know, medical problems or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So to know that the symptoms are different for everybody, 
Right. I think we're to just so cut down by a little bit. I mean, just wearing the mask and walking through the hot hallways that I got to walk through in the building that I work in. I mean, it's already a struggle. You know, you got to clean sure. units and then you got to assist customers who want to stand two feet, you know, like shoulder to shoulder right on you. It's ridiculous. And then they want to take their mask off and I'm just sitting there suffocating. Mm. But it, I rather suffocate and, and be safe. Yeah. Than, and take that random loss. You know what I'm saying? That right. random loss of breath that it goes from 80% to 20% and then I'm on the floor and then there's nothing, you know? Right. So um, just things like that. I, yeah. like with, and I was going to say, Dre, just even working with the public when I first started, I was, I was anxious, mm-hmm. Travis. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking about it mm-hmm. subconsciously. You're thinking about it. You know, when I come in from, from work, I'm, I'm stripping down, I'm spraying everything. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, I've been told to put peroxide on a Q-tip and clean your nostrils and ears. Oh, seriously? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got, I've got a list of what I do when Dang. I come home. I um, might need some of that list. Do you believe that this new normal is going to be permanent, or can things go back to the way they used to be? What are your thoughts? I would like, I would like to be the first. <laughs> I just wanted to say, um, to, I think this new normal is going to be forever. <clears throat> like I said earlier about the different types of flu, uh, it, this is just a really amped up flu that we will have a vaccine for, hopefully, mm-hmm. in some time in the coming future. But the, people are going to call it COVID season forever. I mean... Where there's going to be a certain point in time where it's going to flare back up. We might not need masks at one point, but there's going to be a certain time where we're going to need masks again, gloves again, social distancing. But maybe this was the time to learn how to get there first before it goes down again. Mm. I believe that this is a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. I do think that we will never return to what things used to be. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of that song. That's just the way it is. Tupac things will never be the same. Right. Yes. right. I that that we are experiencing a new normal, but I, I think that the severity of this time may dwindle down. It may die down, you know, for a period and for a season. But I think this has literally ushered us into a whole new period, a whole new culture of living. Mm-hmm. Thanks, what you think? For sure. And I I I, I think uh I think the new normal, and it's funny, I've been, there's one friend of mine that I sent a Snapchat to every Monday morning, and I usually have my mask on, um, and I'll just put as the title, new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that, you know, how we go about socially, things are going to change. I know from a business aspect, things are definitely going to change, because companies are realizing how much things you can do um, with a computer and a phone. Um, and it's, it's funny, you know, I had a sales meeting, um, last week where, uh, our, our sales meeting was us meeting at a location and circling up our trucks mm-hmm. and we call it a tailgate sales meeting. Um, that way we could still meet in person face to face, but we were able to practice social distancing. Mm-hmm. And one of the sales reps said, you know, I don't know if we'll ever shake people's hands again. And that really dawned on me because I was like, wow, is that the new normal? 
mm-hmm. know, when you see somebody, is it just going to be a pound, especially somebody that you don't know? Mm-hmm. Now, as far as my mom, I'm going to hug her, whether she likes it or not. Right. But, you know, for every day, average Joe Blow, I think the new normal is definitely going to look different. Does the yeah. does the term new normal, does that scare you? Um, does it scare you? Does it give you some type of anxiety to just think that in the days to come, this is how it's going to be that things again, like Travis said, it will never be as it was? To me, it's, it doesn't give me anxiety. It actually gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Um, because in my opinion, if, if, uh, you know, people say the new normal, that means things have changed and hope, hopefully we're evolving. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're changing in the right direction mm-hmm. to where, um, you know, what we're doing now, like Dre said, as far as wearing a mask with this, maybe, you know, 2025 when COVID 28 pops up, the new normal is we've got it figured out and don't have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But maybe we still have to practice social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we are still encouraged to wash our hands, you know, every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thought process is if I'm here for the new normal, that means I'm still living. Mm-hmm. So it almost gives me a sense of hope mm-hmm. instead of being scared. Like I said, it's just kind of more so knowing that you're going to have to be very careful and cautious going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really like that answer, actually. And I agree with your statement because the new normal for the younger group, it, it could be easy for us to adapt to. And in the future, when, like you said, COVID-28 or so, you know, we know how to get around that. But for our elderly that's here now, the ones that their normal was, I mean, you shake hands even at the register, you know, you talk and you relax with each other. You guys are always on each other other that that interaction is part of relation and that interaction is part of friendship and everything like that there's meaning to their interaction so i'm just wondering what toll is going to take on them whether they become mentally like you know very very depressed or uh what's the word clinically depressed mm-hmm. or you know maybe some might even pass away from it because they can't see their loved ones and they're so stressed out and so mm-hmm. you know frantic and wow yeah it's and- really and, and Dre, that's funny that, you know, you're you're talking about the elderly group of people. But, you know, that makes me think about the the young group, the mm-hmm. the group that I, I, I consider, I guess, in my mind, a kid, a young kid is like five to eight years old. Right. So even once we go back to school in the fall and, you know, school districts uh, do do that, the new norm for a, a seven year old, you're going to tell little Timmy that he can't play with Tom and touch him like that new normal for young people uh, or, you know, you're going to tell little Tim, he's got, you have to keep your mask on. You have to keep it on. Like just even that to register with a five-year-old or telling Tim, you know, when we're on the playground, you've got to be six feet apart from, from Tom. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, that's tough. I think the Um, good thing, because even, even as a grown adult, for me to practice everything, I have to consciously think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think the the good thing with uh, the, the children is that they're children. And so their mindset isn't stuck in the way of what 
it used to be. So they can easily adapt to this new normal. Um, but and as, that was actually relevant. But as as the as us concerned, like our generation or the older generation, it's going to take time for us to to get our minds from what it used to be because we can't do what we used to do anymore. Because our mm-hmm. our automatic default is we're going to go back to oh I want to hug somebody or I want to shake somebody's hand or I want to do this and I want to do that but you can't whereas a little child they don't know that at this point in time and so when you teach them the new way it's just going to be second nature to them because they basically they've grown up with it right and that's a good point because our new normal is normal to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that, that that that's a that's a very valid point yeah I was going to tackle uh, that next, actually, with me having um, <clears throat> me and my girlfriend having a child pretty soon. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me nervous with how you say children who are around five to eight now and trying to explain to them um, not to play kickball, soccer or football. You can't tackle you, nothing, anything like that. You can't sit that close at lunch in school. But then it, it's, it's heartbreaking to to teach them that when they already knew one way mm-hmm. but I feel like a whole i don't know what i feel about having to teach my child and groom them to already not know anything about that type of affection mm-hmm. or, or interaction mm-hmm. or anything like that like the fact that we might live in a world where they wouldn't know what that feels like mm-hmm. only from their family and no friends and just virtual uh interaction all the time yeah and as you talk dre i think about the good customs and the good traditions that uh, our future generation just might miss out on. Something as simple to us and as amazing to us as football games, basketball games, you know, just athletics, being able to go somewhere, um, going to a concert, a, Mm -hmm. a musical, you know, theatrics, you know, all of these entertainment and, and art oriented events that, you know, the new generation might not get an opportunity to experience. That's that's heartbreaking. It's very confusing for, you know, for us to even think about. And are we even thinking about the fact that, you know, as our, our new our new children are growing up, they won't be able to to have those casualties and those luxuries. Uh, and, and that's a sad thing to think about. Mm-hmm. It is. And and to me, I'm at a point to where I'm still not fully accepting what's going on because I'm not ready to accept what's going on. I mean, of course, I'm following all guidelines, but just to think that, like you said, Travis, we can't, I don't think there will be concerts or anything like it was. And um, I was just told that um, from another artist um, that churches are, will no longer, um, well, this one particular church, they won't have a choir. Everything is going to be um, the praise and worship team, which is going to be like uh, nine people, I think. So you have a three, three, and three. So just imagine that um, all those singers, and now you've got to pick 
who's going to be on this praise team. And then that can be another factor playing in somebody's mind of it's going to be favoritism going on. And that's just a whole nother thing to wrestle with. And then also not only with churches, but like you said, with games and stuff, um, uh, I saw I uh, some tennis matches came on because, again, I'm a huge tennis fan and they play some tennis matches. They're doing exhibitions right now, just trying to get people, um, you know, just get back in the sport just to watch it. And it's a no fan thing. So no fans. There's like uh, no ball boys. So it's just the umpire. And then the players get their own balls. So it's just it's so empty. Like the one the when they first started it, it was just really, really weird to see that there was no audience at all. Um, and then they've gradually yeah. done it to where um they have like maybe five or a couple fans, you know, but it's not what it was. And right. I actually just turned on the t- uh turned on TV, it was like a basketball game. Um, I think maybe they were doing like an exhibition or something like that and nobody there. They obviously they were, they were playing the game, but I forgot what teams it was, but no fans, but yeah, it was so weird to see that. And and sports are are, are definitely going to look different. I think the NBA coming back at the end of this month, they're going to be the guinea pigs of what sports might look like for the remainder of the calendar year. Um, I think it's definitely going to look different, but uh, I, I do believe we will get back to sports fans in the stands and all that, but it might be the fall. I've seen there won't be a concert or a normal game with fans, you know, at normal capacity until the fall of 2021. So I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. I, I was just going off of, you know, kind of the, the conversation that, yeah, it's going to look different for a while, but I do strongly believe that we will get back to concerts and having normal sports events. Yeah. I wanted to speak to that as well in the flow of what you're speaking about, about uh, scheduling uh, and 2020 versus 2021. This is something I've been really giving a lot of thought to in regards to timing because I think that we as Americans, uh, we are so accustomed to uh, timing by way of months, by way of seasons, by way of years, you know, annual timing, biannual timing, weekly timing, holiday timing. I think we really, really have to be careful and cautious about how we're looking at frame of time in regards to COVID-19, because the truth of the matter is there's so much uncertainty. We don't know when this is going to lighten up. We don't know when it's going to pass. And so I think that we're expecting, oh, you know, just like when 2020 you know, came in, the year of double vision, et cetera, et cetera. We have these themes, right? So we're just hoping and we're thoughtful and we're prayerful that 2021 is going to bring this, you know, instantaneous uh, turnaround. And the truth of the matter is it might not we might, you know, not see this dissipate or go away for a, a matter of time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's not to, you know, bring forth doom and gloom. I certainly hope that it goes away sooner than later. But the truth of the matter is when the clock strikes, you know, 12 o'clock a.m., January the 1st, 2021, 
it does not mean that this thing is going to be going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like right. to chime in right there real quick. And uh, I, I completely agree. And uh, I, I don't mean any, any negativity at all. Mm-hmm. But when I, I want to go back to the concerts and all, the only reason why I or agreed that I don't think there'll be any concerts or um, games or, you know, sporting events that you can attend in big crowds or groups that full capacity at any time soon is because of timing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if we have people that really think about it rather than give a little too much leniency, then yeah. there's no time on COVID. There's no time on, on really much of anything, really. I mean, COVID's going to happen no matter what. And if you if we all open up too quick and we all rush in to do things too quick, the cases are going to go right back up and we're going to go right back down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, it's just... Yeah. It's a bad, uh, it's a bad habit that we have, uh, like yeah. you said, with timing. Always wanting to put a time on something. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with uh, famous at all. I, yeah. I do, I do yeah. want concerts and sporting <laughs> events and everything to come back. But <laughs> if it if it means my life is at jeopardy or at risk, I I can wait. I'd rather be later than sooner. And yeah. Yeah. Oh gonna, no, um, for sure. And the thing is, with things. When when they do get back to normal, mm. I'll be honest. I'll be the first person that I'm not going to the football game. Mm. I'm not going to the concert. Right. I mean, I it, I won't go until I feel comfortable. Mm. Right. And I think that kind of goes back to what Travis said as far as timing. Mm. There's so many people that they base time off of sports seasons. Mm. What season is in sport right now? Mm. Football yeah. season. They think of the fall, basketball, spring, concerts, the summer. Mm-hmm. Um and and that and and that's what causes people anxiety, mm-hmm. not knowing when they'll get back on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I want to um piggyback off of the timing is concerned because, like I said, I'm a tennis fan and the number one player in the men's tennis game, his name is uh, Novak uh, Djokovic. He put on this exhibition, so. Serbia, they they didn't really have any cases at all. Their their cases were basically almost non-existent. So he put on this exhibition, and the Serbian government they agreed to it. They allowed fans to come in. It was over. I want to say three hundred to four hundred fans there. The stadium was packed. They had ball boys. They had everything there. And um, in the midst of this exhibition, the day before, Novak and uh, other tennis players, they went to a club. They all partied and everything supposedly was fine. So how about after this exhibition, everybody supposedly was fine, but... One of those players failed to tell everybody that he had COVID. So he's playing mm. in this exhibition and he finally admits he has COVID because there was no testing done. They didn't check temperatures. They didn't do anything, nothing. Wow. So they, they put on this exhibition. They opened up entirely too soon. So this player, he didn't tell anybody that he had COVID. He had COVID. He infected the number one player in the world. He infected several uh, other players. 
and it was a mess. And um, they are, they shut down the exhibition after that happened, but it was a huge, huge mess. It was just like everything happened too quickly because they wanted that sense of norm, uh, normalcy so bad and they thought everything was fine. Because in, in the Serbian government, they thought everything was fine. But it's just you can't take things for granted. And you have to always yeah. follow these safety precautions of always checking temperatures. Because, again, you don't know what another person is doing. Like, for example, you don't know how I'm following the rules. And you don't know how I don't know how you're following the rules. So we could be following the safety guidelines completely different. So I can't just assume that you're going to be okay. You can't assume that I'm going to be okay. And then we cross paths and then we end up getting COVID because we're assuming we're okay. And that's exactly what happened. I just want to add in there that uh, that goes back to kind of what Travis said with uh, what's real and what's fake. Like, not every, nobody has to really truthfully. I mean, honestly, if you want to be honest, people are people. They don't have to say anything about what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. If they have COVID and they know, they will willingly. And if they don't want to say anything, they will willingly just uh, mingle amongst people and you know talk to people, touch around on things, and mm-hmm. no one would ever know. It. You know, it's goes right. back to. And then on top of that, you know, if you work for say. If, if you work for an establishment that is willing to uh, give you time off, but they need specific hard answers, like uh, where where was the point of contact? I know that was one of the questions when I went out for testing. It was uh, where was the point of contact? And first thing I said was I don't know. I I just was very nervous about having COVID. I'm, I'm very on edge. You know, people are not following the rules coming into the store. Uh, you know, it's just. Too many people are around me at once in the store. We don't have a regulation for the store yet. Like, just want to get tested. And they were like, oh, we're going to have to follow up with you real quick. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, it goes back to what's real, what's fake. You don't know where you yeah. can track these things from. Mm-hmm. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yo, Fainus, did you know uh, that we lose you? Thanks. Can you get him? I can't see you. I don't see hey, it. no, sorry. I uh, I knew my camera was off. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm back on. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's you just don't know, and it's it's a scary thing when people can deliberately hide that from you, and. Mm-hmm. It's it's very irresponsible of that person to do that because and and again back to what you said earlier, Travis, it's very irresponsible for people to again um, have this mentality of I don't want to wear this mask or I don't want to do this, especially now. Um, I don't want to because I feel entitled that you know it's not going to help me or. Um, if I get it, then oh well, but you're not you you fail to see the in in long in long in hindsight that it you may be asymptomatic or whatever, and it you may your symptoms you may not get the symptoms, however, you have to look out for that other person 
You have to look out for your family. You have to look out for that stranger that you come in contact because they have family and that family has family. Like you just don't know. It's so many different variables out there that people are still not are not comprehending. And just like on when I'm reading just social media posts when people still say to this day and even with the governor from um, Georgia, when he's he's suing the mayor for the. because she's she ordered the uh, mask mandate and he's suing her because of that. That's just it's just very wow. I, I don't understand that logic. Yeah, that's bad. Either. Very. Um, but uh, what are some tips that you guys can suggest to people that are struggling with this new normal uh, mentally? What would you suggest to them? How would they, how can they get by? I'll, uh, I'll start off, Anthony, because I, I, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, you bringing up tennis, I'm walking. Um, mm-hmm. The things, the tips that I would give somebody is find things that you can do no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and continue to do those things to help give you that sense of normal, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, if that means even, you know, people that are at home, um, you know, brush your teeth at the same, t- same time every day, mm-hmm. you know, little things, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, you know, cook at the same time every day or try a new recipe once a week, whatever it may be. Find something that you can do no matter what with COVID going on Mm -hmm. that you can do, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, Mm -hmm. to have some sense of normal. And I'm putting quotation marks around normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think, uh, Dre? Um, To be honest, it's hard to give any tips other than find something that that you can do for yourself. Mm. But even then, no matter what you do for yourself, I feel like I'm still always looking behind my shoulder. Uh, I have a moped. Something as simple as riding my moped. I'm like, the surfaces I touched versus the moped when I touched it. It's it's so hard for me, Mm. you know? So uh, I really, since I've worked through the whole season, my sense of normality is really being home with my girlfriend. And if I'm not home with her, you know, watching Netflix, Hulu, whatever, me and her are out dashing together. And the only reason why we chose dashing together was because it's it seems a little dangerous that like you come in contact with a lot of people. But most, most things are, or most places that you go to are completely contactless. Like you don't really have to interact with too many people at all. You go to the restaurant establishment, they, they hand you the thing, but like from a distance or they leave it on a table or a, a rack and you pick it up and you just deliver it to the customer. Most customers, they don't even want you to hand it to them. They do it, leave it at the door. So it's a good way for me and her to feel like we're out and about, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're having fun outside. We're not just stuck in the house. Okay. Even though we're semi-confined to the car, we are getting out of the car and moving around some. Right. Would you uh, continue that as she um, progresses in her pregnancy? Because how many months is she now? She's about five months now, and uh, she's pretty mobile, but she's having some pains right now as the baby's growing. She has a lot of room to 
to burst. <laughs> I'm a very tall. I'm a very tall person. I'm six foot one. So we'll we'll see how much we have left in that baby. But uh, to be honest, when it gets to a certain point, I, you know, you can't keep going. So right, right. I'm thinking maybe about a month. Month. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. Travis, what you think? It's hard. It's really hard to give tips because um, everything doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. But if to make recommendations, I would say that self-discovery uh, in this season of life uh, is is a thing to to focus on. Uh, what you noticed about yourself, uh, writing, uh, journaling, uh, using a diary, uh, exercising. Finding new ways to exercise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and focusing on uh, family time and and loving on, you know, immediate family, uh, getting back to telephone calls, uh, you know, texting is great, uh, you know, social media is good, it's great as well, uh, but actually picking up and making phone calls or reaching out to those people that perhaps you've lost touch with. You know, doing some extracurricular things around around the home, sitting outside on the porch, outside on the balcony. You know, just doing those small things that you know we have taken for granted because life can be so fast paced. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to provide people some hope in, in that way. Okay. And Travis, I think you made a great point um, with calling people. I mean, this is the perfect time to call someone, reach out to them and check on them. Um, because that's yeah. a two way street. That phone call could help you. That phone call could help them just mm-hmm. having that, that contact with somebody. And I think that's a great tip is to, you know, call that friend you haven't connected with in a long time, mm-hmm. call that, that aunt that you haven't talked to or that you don't talk to on a normal basis mm-hmm. or that you only see for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is a great time to, grow relationships, find out more about yourself. I think that's a, a really good, really good tip. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> no doubt. Definitely agree with that. Um, well, guys, we are going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for um, joining me on my podcast and joining me in, in discussing this uh, subject. Um, I know COVID-19 is very uh, touchy, and I really hope that um, one day everybody will um, will take it seriously, because I don't think Americans are still uh, taking it as seriously as they need to. So hopefully this segment and uh, will shed some light and will help people. And um, any final words from you guys before we uh, move on? Uh, Anthony, thanks for uh, for having me on again. Travis, Dre, uh, great conversation, great dialogue. I think uh, we touched on a lot of things that um, that people can take away from this. And um, just like anything, this tale too will pass. Um, but just can to be careful and cautious. And people, please, please, please wear your mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my final words would be thank you so much, Anthony, for, for having us, for having me. I think this was an amazing podcast, very informational. 
Uh, I would like to say to all of my fellow brothers and sisters across the United States of America, this is not the time for clubbing. This is not the time for block parties. We still need to be exercising wisdom, smartness, and intellect. We need to be social distancing until these numbers decrease. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anthony, it was an absolute privilege to speak with you guys and have me here with you all. Um, I mean, just people, do your part. You know, We will all get through this if we all do our part. You know, it can be quick and easy or it can be long and hard. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys for, for having this conversation with me. We did touch, uh, touch up on a lot of good subjects. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, joining me. And um, when we come back, I will have my last guest on, uh, Tremaine. So y'all stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Um, I have on the line Tremaine Burrell. How you doing, Tremaine? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you uh, on my podcast with this COVID-19 special. Um, before we get started with our questions, uh, Tremaine, can you tell us or tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Give a little brief uh, background on who you are and what you're doing. Sure. Uh, I am a, I guess, describe it as multiple things. Um, my primary field is entertainment, specifically, more specifically music or live entertainment in that sense that includes music right now. I'm a singer, songwriter, um, vocal recording artist, uh, studio vocal arranger, studio vocal producer. I've helped, I've helped produce shows. Um, live shows that is in different formats. Oh, nice! Um, so yeah, entertainment in general. Yeah, it's just different, a hodgepodge of different things, entertainment, but still musically all related. Nice, nice. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> and glad. Thank you for having me. No problem. And with you living in Florida, <laughs> with that being said. What is going on out there with Florida and COVID? Like, I'm I'm just a little... Uh, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I feel like we are... Um, well, part of it is we are a huge tourist state. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people come to Florida. Of course, we are the headquarters of, like, you know, Disney World and Universal Studios mm-hmm. and... Miami, all of that. Now, I will say there's a section of Florida that has that's really the culprit, um, mostly, which is South Florida, mm. um, where I do not live, but I do have people who do. Um, but South Florida is where, like, a lot of the cases are really, really rising. And the mm-hmm. state overall is rising, but South Florida is the hotbed in, like, the New York Center. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is just, you know, our state reopened, I mm-hmm. think, too early. Mm-hmm. Um even when we had a so-called shutdown, I don't feel like it was, I don't feel like it was the restrictions were there like they should have been. I, I, I know certain certain cities and their mayors 
um, or county commissioners and stuff like that were the ones who kind of put their own restrictions in place mm-hmm. um, versus there being a general overall blanket over the, over the whole state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know, our governor has just been, uh, Ron DeSantis has just been kind of set on reopening in these phases. And ever since we have kind of started doing that, we have seen the we have seen the rise in cases pretty much. Right, right. Um, and speaking of you know these rises and the cases and everything like that, how are you adjusting to this new normal, so to speak? Uh, I think I'm adjusting pretty well. Um, I have I definitely take safety precautions as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, glove, I, don't, I don't really rock gloves because I, I just feel like I would forget that I have them on at some point and mm-hmm. like touch my face or do something crazy. And when you t- or touch my phone and talk on my phone and the same love that is grabbing my phone is the same one that, you know, has touched everything else. Um, but I mean, I wear my mask, sand sanitizer, wash my hands, let me light all stuff down, wiping stuff down. Um, minima- minimizing where I go, I don't really like hang out or anything like that. If I eat out, you know, I go do takeout. Mm-hmm. I'm merely cooking at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to be kind of like extra, extra careful because um, me and my other brother, are, our parents, we're the only two uh, siblings that are here mm-hmm. in the city. I um, and our parents are here and both of our parents are in the more at risk age range. And mm-hmm. one of them all is, is immunocompromised. So oh, we kind of, wow. so we're like, being extra extra cautious you know serious about like where we go yeah because we, we have to be you know right. um it's that's why you know it's not so much about how it can affect you sometimes even though there have been people who have been younger that have died but that is a less possibility so you know you don't want to pass it on to anybody else so right um you know, do what you have to be- when i was in south carolina because i had to go up there for my um great grandmother's funeral um my grandparents you know we we got to we stayed with them and everything uh helping them uh out with the arrangements and everything like that and we were extremely cautious you know as far as always wearing a mask and stuff and we're going in and out and making sure people that were coming in um wore masks because you know grandparents yeah they're at the age, you know, they're like 78. And, oh, yeah. So they're in that the higher risk mm-hmm. age. Yeah. Right. And um, also, well, with me as well, I'm, I have uh, respiratory issues at times because uh, before COVID mm-hmm. really hit, I ended up getting, um, I've had bronchitis really bad at times. And then I've had um, the flu and I think I did get COVID a way before it was um, really relevant. Like I so, think, like, like I yeah, think I've heard a couple of people, people say that. Um, because yeah. they diagnosed me with type A uh, uh, influenza and this was back in February, so late February, early March. And it was just the symptoms were really bad. Like I was sick for a while and I had the, I was coughing and coughing. That, that cough, my cough didn't leave in, for a little over a month. 
Mm. No, it was it was a month until I got rid of that cough because I I called him. I'm like, how long is this cough supposed to be? Because like um, I didn't. My fever, I only had the fever for a few days, um, but it was just that cough that did not go away. Finally, it went away after a month. But um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go to work because um, I had a doctor to write me a doctor's note, um, and I didn't go to work until I started May, going back to work in May, because my job doesn't didn't shut down because. Um, I work for a uh, DOD. So with them, they, okay. they don't shut down, but oh, yeah, yeah, I always, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we always just have to take precautions and everything like that. So, but I've, I've been, I was talking to my mom and I really do believe I did get COVID and it was just not diagnosed that, you know, in, in uh, February. And back then they, they you know, we didn't have testing mm-hmm. or they weren't testing people like they are now mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. back then, you know, unless right. you got like to a certain point, then they would test you. Right. Now it's a little bit more you know, applicable for you to like get a test. Um, some places free, you can just roll with you. Um, but I do know, yeah, back then in like February, early March, um, they definitely were not, especially back then, you had to like have this strict, mm-hmm. strict symptom in mm-hmm. like get you know, saving the test. So, mm-hmm. man, I've I've had a couple of friends that have said that that got like really really sick around like that same time frame, and they felt like that's what it was, and that it was just misdiagnosed at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, how has COVID affected your career? Because I know you're a musician, so with um, your gigs yes, and everything, COVID has set the industry down. Like. It, <laughs> We, um, it has like, um, well, in terms of being a performance artist, mm-hmm. like, um, for a great minute, everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. There was no place to perform whatsoever. Um, and rightfully so, because you know, when you're performing, you're performing for groups. Um, and it just, it really shut everything down for a very long time period. Um, People are starting to kind of do little things here and there now mm-hmm. with smaller crowds and trying to just think about it, whatever, whatever. But um, it's still not popping like that. And mm-hmm. I don't, certain fronts, I know that people are kind of, I, I, like our theme parks have reopened and I've, I've done some work there. And um, But like conventions were a thing that I used to do work for. Um, no convention is happening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure even like when you think about like bigger shows or festivals of like there were like a couple of those I was signed up to perform on. None of that's returning probably until like late 2021 or mm. maybe 2022. Wow. Um, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, we are, um, we're just in a, we're in a lull, but there, like I said, there's still little things that are opening, mm-hmm. smaller type live performance things. For me, I do studio work, so that's been helpful. Um, do you do things I have um, my on Zoom or anything like that? Like, do you have like design I have concerts? done some Zoom. Uh, the only thing I've done on Zoom has been like some sessions with other artists, like that I've come into like vocal produced, mm-hmm. whether they'll be in a studio setting, and I have and 
you know, I have my own setup, but they've already sent me like the music and I've worked out different things uh, for them and or sit on the session while they're singing and I can hear what they're doing. And then also I can like direct what needs to be done or redone and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's um, so Zoom has been beneficial or FaceTime. I've done both during this time period for like studio session. Okay. Um, mentally, has this affected you mm-hmm. like as far as, did you go into a type of maybe a depression or something like that with your? Uh, no, no, it never, it didn't, it didn't affect me like that. Um, first of all, I can be like a loner anyway. So like mm-hmm. not being around people is not, <laughs> I've been around people for a certain period of time. It's not like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I make sure even with like my friends to this day, like we all do like this big group Zoom where we do like a game night thing like every couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, to make sure that. And it's like a group of friends that live like all around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we do that to make sure that we're still, you know, staying in contact. I mean, we text and, you know, we group me's and all that kind of stuff. But, right, but right. we are a group that is accustomed to visiting each other mm-hmm. and all of that. And so. We do that, and that was cool. Um, and like I said, I still kept in contact with everybody. I made like check on my friends and stuff like that. Um, it really just, if anything, it just kind of motivated me to like work more on like my artist side, songwriting, um, recording more of my own stuff, mm-hmm. and doing like arrangements and stuff like that for other people. Mm-hmm. It really just kind of pushed me, like, and inspired me actually to some different things right right um with with me you know um since i've been out of i only work technically one week out of the month each month and i only work um six hours but six hours each day two of those hours the kids asleep so technically i work four hours (laughs) because two of the hours while they're asleep you know you just you're just sitting there and, you know, watching them or whatever. But yeah, um, this has actually been a, I would say, a um, motivating time. And um, whereas yeah. I'm able to, I was able to put this po- podcast together, you know. Um, all right, all right. Able to build this up, able to really focus on school. Um, really stay ahead of the game with that. Um, I've started uh learning Spanish. Um, got to get back into my Spanish courses, but school has just been so taken over. Like when you're in a master's course, and that's the accelerated eight weeks. Yeah, it's this this. Oh, uh, understandable. Yeah, <laughs> master's degree. Yeah. I yeah. totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I and. You know, I I was wanting to stress this to um, a lot of people that um, if you're not taking advantage of this time right now, you're missing out because we're never going to get this type of time that we have now. I have a different, I have a different outlook. I think it's, I I feel, I feel both sides. I feel like Mm -hmm. if this is, the time period that motivates you to kind of go and do some other things that you kind of have like put off or didn't feel like you had the time to or mm-hmm. learning a new skill or doing that, then great. Mm-hmm. I 
go get it. But if this is your time because your life has been crazy and nonstop to like sit down and rest and recoup and rebuild yourself, do that too. Because I know a couple of people, mm-hmm. a couple of friends that I have, like they work ridiculously, like, and I mean, have full fledged families and like mm. put in like, you know, 14 hour, 18 hour days. And it's like, you know, barely get to see their families. And then it's kind of like, see the fam for a few minutes, then you're off to the next thing. You're off to the next studio session. You're off to the next show. You're off right, to the next right. rehearsal. You're off to the next, you know, get it. So it's like, it's like they live these nonstop lives. And this time for them has really been a cool period to just chill and be Relax. with their families mm-hmm. and or family chill family. and just rest mm-hmm. and really build themselves back up because, mm-hmm. you know, eventually things will get, back to a certain type of flow and you mm-hmm. know then they'll be ready to go again so i feel like i feel both sides i feel like yeah, yeah so this if if i feel like it depends on the person if mm-hmm. it's this has been your time where you have felt like man i got the time to really go after this and i have the time to really focus on this like go and do it but if this is your time where you like man i'm exhausted mm-hmm. and i haven't really <laughs> had the time to like sit down somewhere or really rest in the group then take that time right do right. what you got to do I feel you. Um, did you fear like at any point that you would have to file unemployment? No, because I did. <laughs> Listen, I've never, and the first part about it, like I've never filed before. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just one of those things where it's like, listen, when our state is jacked up anyway for unemployment in terms of we have like one of the lowest amount. Um, but then, you know, they passed the bill where we got the uh, pandemic benefits from that were federal, mm-hmm. with the additional $600 on top of it. And hey, I'm not I'm not really working like that. Like not 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 to my full capacity, like what I what I would love to do, what I mm-hmm. normally would do. And it's not it's beyond my control. Right. You know, it's not. It's not because I said I didn't want to do something or that or that. Like, no, this thing happened to the world and it shut it down. So right. it's like my industry um, just happened to be hit the hardest because of the type of work that we do. So mm-hmm. um, I will no fear. I said, I'm going to get this money because <laughs> that's what it's supposed to be for. Right, right. And you didn't, there was no feelings of ashamed or anything like that? Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. I feel like, you know, this, our business can be very seasonal at times where mm-hmm. it's your season and everything is like, you are beaming, you're going, everything is, you know, you don't want for anything, you're doing all these jobs. Like, I know even during like, cool part for me was towards the end of the year, like the last quarter of the year, like, I really, I really was busy, like seven days a week, mm-hmm. sometimes having, you know, multiple things in a day mm-hmm. but i wasn't off at all i think i took like one off day because i had forced myself to take an off day or i would have lost like my complete voice mm-hmm. um but it's like it was a blessing but you know it's not always like that mm-hmm. so you have it's where things slow down and stuff like that so it's just this hit and it just like i said it was something beyond our control mm-hmm. to the point of where if I wanted to go and do certain things that I normally do, I had no opportunity to do it. So well, no shame in my game. They right. passed that bill for relief. Right, right. And that's what <laughs> right. that's what I'm gonna apply. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um no. I know you said that you've 
started doing some gigs and you um, did certain certain things at Disney World. How did you feel about that now? Were you um, um, I, were you scared? Complete your question. Like, um, I was really, really nervous. Um, I haven't done a Disney one yet. Um, I haven't gone back. Um, and they, they just literally reopened and they haven't brought back like their shows yet. Um, I did do this huge resort, um, Palms Resort, um, that's here, big resort that does a lot of entertainment options mm-hmm. in Orlando. And, um, it was nerve wracking. Um, and my biggest thing was safety. Like, what are you guys doing? Because singing is on the same scale as yelling as the highest forms of projection mm-hmm. or droplets or the bigger droplets, the ones that can spread the most, pushing it out a further distance because the, the breathing and force required that you're using to, to, uh, project. Mm-hmm. So, um, I knew that before, you know, they called me and that was my biggest concern was like, okay, so what are these safety measures? What are you guys doing? Like, this sounds great, but like, you know, are we going to be safe with the whole situation? And, you know, they ran down the procedures to me mm-hmm. and I felt safe. I went, mm-hmm. um, like I said, as soon as you step in the building, you had to have on a mask. Um, you have to desanitize. They do, they do a whole body thermal thing to check your temperature. Um, then you have to not desanitize. You got to sanitize again. Then you have to take one of their masks that they provide you. You have to wear a mask at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, they ban you. So, you know, if you're somebody who's working for the resort, um, especially in the work areas where, you know, only the employees or people who are there doing work for mm-hmm. them can be. Um, the only time we ever took our mask off was sound check or basically anytime we were up in the area where we were singing, they distanced us way out from each other. The show initially started with us in balconies because the whole thought would recreate what happened in Italy where families and singing from the balconies together. Um, but then whenever it gets dark, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it would get dark, you couldn't see us. Right. So, because um, <laughs> Gaylor Palms has this huge atrium that's like ridiculously huge, very way up. Like it, the, the top of the atrium reaches the top of the resort itself. Mm-hmm. So it's this huge open space that encompasses all this stuff. It's basically like being outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what we were seeing on the balconies in there. Cause every hotel room balcony faces the atrium. Mm-hmm. And then um, they, then they moved us down to the wedding pavilion, which is kind of like the center of the atrium, which is lower, but still away from people. Mm-hmm. And it's higher off the ground. So no one can, even come where we are and then we all it was only about like four of us singing mm-hmm. two musicians it's an acoustic vibe but it just us all out by at least 10 or more feet mm-hmm. um different levels the whole nine so it felt really really safe and i felt i felt safe going there they every time we would sing somebody wiped down on the microphone always spraying stuff we always had hand sanitizer they actually had hand sanitizer station hand sanitizing stations um, everywhere, even before this even happened, um, especially in the employee hallways and, mm-hmm. you know, the break rooms and all of that, just where you could put your hand under there and boom. Um, so they were already, they were already on top of that, but it felt safe. So they took the procedures, um, in place to try and be as safe as possible. And I guess my thing would just be for anything that kind of pops up, cause I've been, I've actually been hit up about a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. It's just to me, that's the primary concern. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the check. I care about. What are your safety precautions? Right, right. Um, yeah. 
what would you tell uh, or what advice would you give someone that is a small business entrepreneur or artist that is struggling to make ends meet? What would you tell um, them? I would say, you know, first of all, don't be scared to file for unemployment because that's what it's for. Um, this is a very unique time in our lifetime mm-hmm. to have something like this happen and basically shut the entire world down and affect our way of life um, on every scale, pretty much. And for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. it will be like this until it's gone or there's some type of treatment that can work for it. So it doesn't affect you that much or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, try to find other areas. If like your, if your motive is shut down, um, try to find if you can other modes of work that put you in a that are comfortable for you, put mm-hmm. you in an area where you're comfortable, whether it's telework or you know some kind of you know just some kind of job. Because there are still people out hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, you can work from home. I guess that's like the best option if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not able to find anything, you know, just try your best to like hunker down. Hopefully you've saved something. You know, if you haven't, the good news is at this point in time, you know, they're saving off evictions and all those types of things because they understand how critical and how dire things are. Right. Um, try to use your money for the things that you need and just try to try to stay positive and motivated during this time period. Surround yourself with more positive thoughts because it's real easy to get negative in this, in this climate, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, especially not only COVID, but with all the other crap going on, right. um, the civil unrest in our country. So, you know, stay motivated, keep yourself around people who also motivate you and bring more positivity and, um, try to just seek as many opportunities as you can mm-hmm. to keep yourself afloat. And there are some loan opportunities out here beyond just the stimulus check that was sent out, like the SBA loans that are for small businesses and sole proprietors and gig workers that doesn't take much to fill out and put your information in there. And I think that's like a thousand dollar loan. Don't pay it back. It's for this specific reason for mm. pandemic benefits though. And try to seek other things that are like that. There are, there are a couple of different federal opportunities that are out there, grants and loans that are been produced to where you don't have to pay them back and allows you to kind of, you know, have some, some type of income coming in to help you stay afloat. Right. All right. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and answering my questions and uh, giving some hey, great, uh, great advice and some great knowledge. Um, before I wrap up with you, um, you're actually my featured artist for the week <laughs> because your song, um, Safer at Home, from your uh, EP, songs from earth actually um coincides for this episode so um yeah. how did you come up with that or tell tell us about that man that literally was inspired like when you asked me that question earlier about um how has this affected me mentally like it inspired me like i wanted to make music that spoke about what was happening um what was going on at the time, what was mm-hmm. affecting everybody. As an artist, I hadn't released any. I've been on other people's projects over the last few years, but I hadn't released my own thing for a while. And I've kind of been working on some other stuff to put out. Mm-hmm. But this really gave me like a spark 
um, to just release this that was really specific, specifically about this time period we're in. And that's really where that whole entire EP came from. Everything on that EP is related to feelings or situations that have been affected by what's happening now. Okay. Um, well, um, that, I love that, e- that EP. And um, you are featured on um, all media platforms, correct? Yes, I'm on all the, all the platforms. iTunes, Amazon, Tidal, all of that there, Google Music, whatever, wherever you can grab music, you will definitely find Apple Music, all of that, you will find it. Okay, cool. Well, guys, um, thank everyone for, thank you all for tuning in. So as we wrap up, um, the next voice or song that you will hear will be Tremaine's uh, Safer at Home. It'll be a little clip that I will play. And then you guys make sure you support him, support his music. Again, I love this song. I love that EP. And again, he's available everywhere on all music streams. Um, and it's actually, um, your name is Tremaine uh, Lamar. That's how they'll find you, right? Okay. Yep, Tremaine Lamar. All right. All right. I am signing out and hope you guys enjoyed this episode. All right. Thank you, Tremaine, for being on. And everybody, y'all take care. Wake up. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like the world we're living in doesn't feel like an apocalyptic movie film. Yeah, well. Where there's zombies and heroes, uh, people being political, uh, Emperor with no clothes, uh, Hunger Games prequel. I just wanna live my life, but we can't even go outside. Each closed, closed, but everybody knows that they're telling us we're safer at home. Safer at home